0: This is Behind Bozel newest Denver Town Springs, the official companion podcast to the groundbreaking Facebook story, The Future Sent Archives of Bozel newest Denver Town Springs. It's a podcast where we dive deep into the story, into the characters, and into the minds of some of the most innovative creators in narrative fiction today. I'm your host, Jordan Werfsbrock. And in this episode, we're going to be breaking down part two, Hold Up at the Flaxseed County Fair. Then we'll follow up with an exclusive interview with one of the story's biggest stars. Joining me in the studio is my co-host, the man Rolling Stone called maybe the next John Barleycorn, it's Dan Boyce.
1: (laughs) They did say that. Yeah, it's me.
0: Dan, so... When we left our heroes at the end of part one, they had been led into the old church high on Montebella Mesa by that mysterious religious figure, the Bishop Sand. However, this chapter opens... Uh, some time has passed, and we're now back in town, staying at the Veloc Inn, and we learn that Deanna pickman bought loves yams. How did we get here?
1: Jordan, we know that sometimes these cult leaders, these uh, religious fanatics, can have a gravitational pull all their own. And I think for a time, both my character and Deanna's character were swept up a bit in that. Yet they also realized, of course, they, they had a job to do. And over time, they, I, I think they, they got a bit disillusioned uh, before they, they headed back and, and started to realize that in order for them to accomplish Dan's role as a blog star, they would need to start peeling back the layers on this onion. And, the, and they, they couldn't do that while they were under uh, his charismatic control, so to speak. They've come back, they're debating amongst themselves what to do next, but they've decided to take a a bit of a weekend day, uh, have a day to themselves.
0: They set off onto the dusty street, but that's not before Deanna brings up what has quickly become a fan-favorite question. Sparked all kinds of controversy. Are Sheriff Jacobson and Deputy Wilcox together romantically?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's been fascinating watching this develop online. I've seen the Japanese manga interpretations of what such a romance might look like. I've seen the drawings, the sketches. It's really been a phenomenon. I I don't even know where to begin with it. Uh, Jordan, what do you think? Do you think they're together?
0: Okay, here's the thing. Well, I do appreciate the fan art. I mean, some of it truly is incredible. The the attention Um, to detail, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there is some real artistry out there. For me, this is actually one of those areas where the story really dives into contemporary issues about roles having to do with gender and society and really like what it means to be a strong woman in the world. So I think these are just two professional women doing their jobs. But you know what? That's my opinion. And fans out there are entitled to their own, and I do encourage them to keep up the great work and especially those um, charcoal sketches. They're, I mean, they're really oh, capture, capturing the mood. There. Yeah,
1: it, it's one of those things that you realize we're improving people's lives with this project. It's been spectacular. We do want to say, uh, everyone here at Behind Bozal Helenu Newest Denver Town Springs, that regardless of where. This relationship goes, whether it's in a platonic direction or a romantic direction that uh, uh, both both are fine, both both are good. It's fine if they kiss or if they just shake hands, both um, work, both work in our minds. So, okay, you and
0: Deanna move out onto Main Street, and it's a very important day for Bozo Hellenew newest Denver Town Springs. The evening will be the kickoff of the annual Flaxseed County Fair, and you meet a number of colorful townsfolk, two of which we'll be interviewing in the second half of the show. I am so excited. Okay, you and Deanna Bot, you then saunter into the Sullivan Saloon, where the only alcohol available are different varieties of fermented fishes. Dan, what's the environmental lesson that you're trying to teach us here?
1: Of course, what you're referring to with the fish liquor is this apocalyptic circumstance. We find ourselves in the future world of the story where the world has become so dry that really the only source of expendable food you have to make alcohol is just all the fish just flopping about flopping about it in the the ocean beds. And you have to take this f- these floppy fish, or maybe they're dead, you know? Bo- both. They're both. They're flopping, and they're dead. And you have to put them in a jar or something, and then later on you have all this different alcohol. Is it tasty? It probably isn't. That's all you have. Mm. That's all you have in the future because we didn't make the right choices in time.
0: Well, and we we, uh, we might be the ones flopping belly up in the oh, sand,
1: Jordan, Jordan, I couldn't have said oh. it better myself. Uh,
0: finally, uh, readers witnessed the opening speech for the county fair by the instantly lovable Mayor Sam Lambert. Dan, then tell us what happens.
1: In, when I started this story, I received some pushback from those who said, You know, Dan, we understand you're an artist. You know, we understand that you come to this with a a certain level of expertise that is renowned, but we we see you maybe as a poet. I don't know if we see you as an action writer, Dan. Can you transport us to an old Wild West shootout in the way of, say, a a Louis L'Amour? And and the truth is, I think what we find out in this scene is that absolutely I can, you know? And, and damn it, kapoom, kapow. That's, that's what happens then. Oh, gosh, it's a dramatic turn and one that makes us realize maybe not everybody's what they seem. So I, I do want to
0: ask you, uh, you wrap everything up with this this truly now iconic line. Holy shit, this got long to be continued i i want to put that on a t-shirt and tell us <laughs> where did that come from
1: uh it's interesting i i've been looking at sort of the literary canon of how popular works have been wrapped up and th- and there are all these standards right at some point we have to look beyond that we have to say yeah this is how chapters normally wrap up. But what if we just take that and we just throw that right out the window? And what if we do something new? What if we do something different? What if we say, I've been writing for a long time, Deanna really wants to go on a walk, she's getting frustrated, and I'm I'm actually just bored of doing this and I'm gonna pick it back up later.
0: So subversive.
1: It's the chapter ending equivalent of the anarchy A. That's what I was trying to broadcast to the people. I don't know if it was picked up, but that's what I was trying to put out.
0: Well, it was like a slap in the face to all the readers out there, but in the best, <laughs> most invigorating way possible.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait, Jordan! I know you heard that. That's the sound that means it's time for another installment of Zula Chance.
2: Hello, I'm Annie Lynn.
1: And I'm Pat. You two are a happily married couple. Everybody knows this. In the story though, I decided to make the unusual choice of having you at least start out as not getting along very well. Pat, how did that make you feel to read? Kinda tense, Dan. To see the tension in our marriage, it made me feel really tense. Mm -hmm. Was it interesting that the two of you were seemingly trying to uh, tackle the same projects, but it seems like maybe one of you was doing better than the other? Yeah, sure. That's kind of like the norm in our relationship. (laughs) Annie, how is it seeing the progression of the relationship in the story?
2: So first of all, I just want to take a step back and say how I'm really glad that you're forcing this opportunity on us to talk about something that we've read together. Because usually, Pat will not talk about anything I've read because he's really afraid of spoilers, and so we never talk about anything commonly read literature. So just thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, I thought he must have spent a lot of time thinking about our actual relationship. You know how like we've known each other since we were kids, and like have you know had this really long-standing relationship and weren't always together and have had our moments of tension. Um, yeah, and, and I thought that the, the name choices were, were interesting. The, the, the name you used for me, I'd never heard before. But um...
1: Well, that, that's an interesting take. I would have thought you would have heard your character's name before in the story.
2: No, um, I actually asked my dad about the pronunciation. I was pronouncing it wrong.
1: Well, maybe I should ask your perspective. From your perspective, did you think that the two of you were of equal mind and of equal skill level in working on projects?
2: I mean, I didn't know if you were just, like, trying to, like, get Pat's goat by having my character obviously be, like, very, very smart and good at stuff. I was a little bit, like... I don't know, I felt kind of bad about how you described me with, like, a lot of, like, bushy hair and, like, my teeth. But, like, I don't know. It was okay. I liked how it was really smart.
1: For me, it's like humility is number one. But there really is a lot of magic in this story, isn't there?
2: Yeah, more than I thought from the the title that I had heard from you. I was expecting more of kind of, like, a Westworld vibe. But, like, the Wizards really, I mean, that was a departure, but I was for it
1: that's an interesting term wizards i wonder if that's just kind of your own definition of the group of characters that we see in this novel well, not I, all of them. I
2: mean there's obviously the muggles i'm also a little bit confused about the number of, of volumes because there's been all this talk about how the like sixth and seventh installment are yet to come but i found them and not, it wasn't actually very hard so i think that if they're still in draft form like you need to do a better job of hiding them
1: pat about how long would it, it take you to read an average installment? Like, I read the pieces on Facebook.
0: I probably spent
1: five minutes or so on each one.
2: Seriously? I knew you were a faster reader than me. That's a very yeah, I'm
1: busy, though, so I was just kind of reading quickly. What did you, how did you think about the complexity of the narrative?
2: You know, I, I thought it did an interesting job of like it got more complex with each installment. Um, mm-hmm. You could tell that it was really meant for more for children at the beginning.
1: Meant for children, <laughs> uh,
2: young adults. Excuse me.
1: That's funny, because I, I wouldn't. It was more complex
2: have... than like "Moo Ba La La La," which is Jasper's favorite book.
1: I would have, um, I would have hoped that people would have considered it to be more, uh, more of a mature read.
2: I mean, maybe there was a lot of subtext that I wasn't getting.
1: You feel as if. This is
2: probably the genius of the work. If two people could really take such different things from it.
0: Another striking interview showing the dedication of this fan base. Just wonderful. Join us next week when we recap part three, Ortoon's Most Noble Death. Until then, I'm Jordan Worfsbrock. And my HydraDry X37 would come in mauve.